0: once upon a time boring it was the best of times it
1: was the worst you got
0: that right
1: what's your problem
0: we want new stories
1: hi it's frankie
0: and garrett and we host the ever-trending story a weekly podcast where we bring to life a fictional story created by our own minds and some of the hottest craziest trends from the internet
1: find us wherever you download podcasts and be sure to join the fun on social media at evertrendingpod
2: hello and welcome to the one hundredth episode of my drunk movie theater i'm kyle sutton i'm trisha campbell and we're being joined by a special (laughs) little guest hopefully you won't hear her in this episode but i've got my daughter laura lynn daddy's babysitting right now mama just had to head out for for a little bit to get some time away from everybody so you're gonna join us aren't you you guys can't see her but she's absolutely adorable isn't she trisha she is yeah, so and I'm biased, but you know. So. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um. So yeah, since our 99th episode, quite a bit has changed. I think we <laughs> dropped that episode, and then like two days later, uh, I was at the hospital, or like a week later, or something yeah. like that. I anyway, um, uh, had to had to be be there for her arrival, um, uh, which meant I was off for the holidays, uh, which I feel still monumentally guilty about um but not just missing that but i miss spider-man weekend um so trisha i'll ask you since i just started back to work very recently what did i miss any any fun stories absolute chaos i was thinking this the other day and i was like i don't remember
3: (laughs) it's been a while it was not a fun time we were stupid busy most of our staff uh has never worked at our theater pre-covid so they're used to our slower number as normal there's only maybe a handful of people that we have right now that worked at the theater pre-covid that knew what was coming we tried to prepare the newbies that that didn't work everyone was stressed out we were stupid busy it seems like mostly it, we were dealing with the usual stuff except ramped up it was you know they bought the wrong day they bought the wrong show time they were sitting in the wrong seats they bought the front row thought it was the back row and of course it's spider-man weekend so basically every show was sold out so in those cases we couldn't really do anything yeah because we couldn't switch them out and they'd get mad at us like it was our fault um the one that annoyed me the most though was our emotion theater We have a bench down. We've had a bench down since pre-COVID. Like it's been a while. And there's this phenomenon where people will get into the theater, realize someone is in their seat. And instead of either talking to those people or coming to get us, they will just sit in another seat.
2: We've discussed that. We've talked about that.
3: I don't understand it because that just creates a whole problem because then you get a full theater and you have people that have tickets that have nowhere to sit and you have to follow a whole chain to try to find who's not where they're supposed to be but this manifested in a different way with the motion theater because people would get into the theater see someone in their seats and they would just pick another seat and this would lead to people sitting in a bench that is broken so they would come out and they'd be like um everyone else's seats are moving but mine isn't and of course as soon as we say what seats are you in they'd be like well uh, these, these these i i there's people in our seats we just sat in this that bench is broken there's a reason we don't sell tickets to that bench
4: yeah
3: well, what am i supposed to do <laughs> sit in your assigned seat yeah i had a teenager be like my, my boyfriend just didn't want to talk to them what am i supposed to do you, you either need to sit in your assigned seats that you paid for it or you can sit in the broken bench and deal with the fact that it's not moving Sorry. Because at this point it's halfway through the movie and I'm not going to start going person to person trying to figure out who's where you can either deal with it yourself or you can just accept the fact that you fucked up and take the L. Yeah. Because we are way too far into the movie for me to be disrupting it dealing with your lazy ass.
2: Yeah. Well, Sorry. And this, this is why we harp on it. it is so important for you to sit in your assigned seat when you buy your tickets. Like... There, When we look at the seat map on our end, and not not just the, the MX4D, but in, in just a normal auditorium, mm-hmm. our end actually shows up the broken seats when we have them marked as being red. So yeah. you can't pick them, you can't purchase them, all that. <laughs> but sadly, this is where we have a fault in our system, is when you're on the customer side of things and you're looking at it, it just shows up as being a taken seat. It doesn't show up as, mm-hmm. as broken. And so we have to actually explain to people, yes, there are seats here. The, I, I can put you here. You just, you'll have a broken seat on either side of you. That way you at least don't have people sitting next to you. Uh, but just be forewarned that the seats around you aren't working. So therefore don't sit in those seats. Make sure you go to your assigned seat. Um,
3: Which in a normal theater, some people are like, so it just won't recline, whatever.
2: Yeah. And they just kind of take it. And sometimes
3: that's the of it. But in a in the motion theater that means the bench is not working it's not going to move the effects aren't the effects that are specific to the seat such as scents, the water the air the pokers whatever are not gonna it's not going to happen you're not going to get the vast majority of the effects
4: yeah yeah just just sitting your
2: damn assigned seat like that that's why you're picking your seat you you picked your seat you get to go sit in your seat. If somebody's in your seat, either say something, and if they want to argue with you, come get us. Yeah. Like, we can't do anything about it if you don't come tell us. Like, we've said that ad nauseum on this show, too. It's it's incredibly frustrating uh, to have to deal with that. So, yeah. Um, and cap it all off that you guys were busy with Spider-Man, which I know was just busier than dog shit. Like, just... yeah make make our lives easier and your life easier and go sit where you fucking bought your seats for yep
3: period yep yeah the only other thing that happened that stands out to me was uh, it was towards the end of of the holiday break i don't remember specifically what day it was but i i it was after christmas um i was supposed to have a day off one of our managers got sick i got called in i was not happy because I just got done with a string of days of work days. And I, it was a stressful time. That time of year is difficult for me anyway, like it is a lot of people, because it, no, I do know what day it was. It was the anniversary of my mom's death. I got called in. And so I was already not exactly in a good place. But I had been told, basically, you can cover the kitchen to help out because our kitchen person was off at eight and, and we need, basically needed someone to cover towards the end. So I was like, fine, I'm wearing a polo when I'm hiding out in the kitchen. So, which is what I did. And I was taking food up to somebody and the lady flags me down and she starts telling me that there's someone in her seats that also has tickets to her seats, which I'm sitting here going, no, they don't. Someone has the wrong day, the wrong time something. Yeah. You it, I in my entire experience I can think of twice that someone legitimately ended up with two sets of the same the, the same seat and this for the same day the same showtime. Mm-hmm. It's rare. So I was like, okay, I had food cooking and I had the other kitchen person back there that was needed to know who, where it was. So I was like, okay, let me go finish up what I'm doing and I'll come back out. She's like, okay. So I go I take my gloves off. I wash my hands. I let the other person know what's going on. As I go to walk back out, there's another lady that has joined her. And they're like, hey, we figured it out. Uh, sh- this person has uh, the wrong show time. They've got to the show before. I was like, oh, okay. And so then the lady's like, do you have four seats together that aren't in the front? And I'm already gone, probably not. But I'm sitting here looking, I, I look around. Every computer that is working in the stand, is in use with at least three people in line, three to four people in line. I look up to to a box office and I see that there's only a couple people in each line. And so I say, "Okay, if you head up to box office, they get through their lines pretty quickly. They should be able to get to you. Um, they they can look up and see, you know, what what seats are available." And she looks at me and she goes, "I have to wait in line." I said, "Yes, ma'am." I cannot do, I cannot look up the seating chart. I cannot switch your tickets. I can't do anything without a register in front of me. And all of them are currently in use and helping customers. So I'm telling you the, you're gonna have to wait in line regardless. And I'm telling you which lines are going to move the fastest so that you can get this taken care of. But I cannot do anything for you without a register. Yeah. And so the other lady is just kind of awkwardly looking between her and me and she's like so what to-? i was like you can go sit in your seats yeah there's nothing more for you to do it's like but you are going to have to go get in a line and talk to a person and get your seats switched out they can get you taken care of but you're gonna have to wait your turn and I, like i ended up just walking back in the kitchen and she was kind of mumbling under breath and stomped off because she had to go get her family out of the seats but i'm sitting there going Why do you think you deserve any sort of preferential treatment when you were the one that showed up to the wrong showtime? Yeah. How does that make any sense? These people have their tickets for the correct showtime at the right time and showed up at the right time and have been waiting in line for their concessions or to buy their tickets. Why do you think you deserve to skip the line because you screwed up? Yeah. Why do they deserve to get punished? go just go get in line and the time it took her to argue with me she could have walked up to box office and been the next person in line yeah but she can try to continue fighting with me thinking it's going to get her anywhere no
4: right yeah
2: um yeah don't uh, yeah don't don't be an entitled ass when you goof like yeah period just just go get in the line get your shit sorted out and move on it's not it's not the end of the world for you it's just, yes, it's a mild inconvenience. But in those situations, it's your own no fault. fault. So just own it and move on. Yeah, and Don't expect us to make some special exception for you. Now, if I don't have anybody in my line, yeah, I'll go ahead and pull you up real quick and just.
3: Yeah, know. if I had looked over and seen like the person on the end only, like was helping one customer, the current customer didn't have anyone else. I'd be like, yeah, let's head down here. And as soon as this person's done with, with the current customer, we'll get you sorted out but it wasn't, they had lines. Yeah. So like I said, I sent her in the direction of the person who would be the first available to help her. Yeah. Which is the box office. Because generally when we're busy like that, most people coming in are just wanting to print off their tickets they bought online. Yeah. So they usually burn through those lines very quickly.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I did.
2: Uh, So so, yeah. So in the time that I was off, so, uh, Crystal, I, so I have to go ahead and, and it, basically I'm going to give everybody the, the rundown of how things happened with, with us having, having our, our little girl, because I, I did poke in my head a couple times during my time off just to see what you guys were up to. Cause I miss you guys. And, you know, I didn't feel right not, not being at the theater, but I'm like, at this point, I also don't have anything else to do. So, yeah. uh plus the hospital's right across the street from our theater so it's it's close proximity so crystal was basically pulled in by the doctors to be induced on her birthday and which is several days before spider-man release date and so we're going oh okay so we're we're having this baby now like I, i okay i haven't even had time to like put in my paperwork to be off for for this yet um about 20 hours later and uh one one failed epidural <laughs> for crystal i felt so bad afterwards we had our little girl in tow um and so i'd spent the night the initial night with crystal at the hospital um and even uh, that was the night of our christmas party so i actually bounced yeah. over or yeah the next day bounced over to yeah. get food from the christmas party because i'm like we, i'm not gonna get a chance to eat yeah we get food like
3: which we we screened spider-man afterwards
4: yeah So we were
3: sitting there going, like, right up until the time we sat down to watch the movie, texting back and forth, like, getting updates.
2: Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I, like, came over, grabbed, like, a couple sandwiches and a couple cookies and, like, woofed them down. And then, you know, got right back to the the hospital just in time for them to make the call and say, yeah, we're going to do a C-section to go ahead and get her out. Um, Anyway, so a couple traumatic hours later, uh, we had our little girl um i left um, but i'm a c-section baby so i get it yeah yeah i've heard i've heard heard the story no it is uh i I wasn't
3: i I wasn't that my 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 birth was a little more traumatic but that's okay um
2: hers was scary in the sense that uh when when they got her out she was awake she she just wasn't she wasn't crying and so they wanted her lungs were working and so uh, when the nurses hit the button to call a code blue to get everybody in there, it, uh, it's scary. Uh, mm-hmm. Luckily I was up and I could see her. And so I knew what was going on Poor crystal uh, is laying on the operating table and can't see anything and can't do anything yeah. and is in tears. So she's counting on me and the nurses to tell her what's going on and, and keep her calm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and it's uh, it's, uh, it's a terrifying thing for her it was freaky deaky for me because my wife the entire time is being cut open uh to deliver this child and of course is numb from like the the chest down and it's just talking to me like everything's normal and i'm going oh this is weird this is weird like when you watch those horror movies <laughs> you're,
4: like you're talking to just a
2: severed head and it's talking right back that's almost how i felt uh, yeah, just unsettling. Like I, I, anyway, um, but they got her out. She wound up having to spend a few days in the NICU. Uh, and so in that time it was for me, it was either go ahead and continue staying at the hospital and not get any sleep because let's be honest, the guest bedroom or a guest bed for, for somebody who's not actually staying in the hospital, that bed is not comfortable and not conducive to sleep. So I opted to go home for the next couple of days to check on the dogs and whatnot yeah. so anyway in my spare time i'd come and check on you guys just to hang out until i had something to do or had something i needed to be over there for uh, and so yeah something
3: besides an empty house or inside of a hospital
2: exactly um and so yeah so i came over to visit you guys uh i want to say that was spider-man opening night so that was that thursday night uh came and sat down at the bar and, and had a drink or two and just kind of watched the chaos ensued and then came back on either friday or saturday night and trisha it was good to, i was sad that i couldn't work but it was good to see the theater looking like it did pre-covid where <laughs> it was just lines of people trying to get concessions trying to get through the movies um you know and while you guys came to talk to me you didn't have a whole lot of time to do so and I, that was okay i totally understood but it was so nice to actually see that, uh, and see Spider Man be the one movie to actually cross well over a hundred million dollars in its opening weekend.
4: Yeah,
2: uh, yeah, and, and later on in the show we're going to talk about talk about that movie too, as well as a few other things that we've seen. Just do quick little mini reviews. Um, but yeah, just to see that was was great, and I'm like, we're going to be okay. Like we just have yeah. to get Omicron at this point. So. <laughs> um uh, yeah
3: as long as we have content people want to see.com
2: yeah yeah and I that's think what that's what it really comes down to important thing. so we do have some some bigger name stuff they did they did go ahead and move Morbius back to April and I'm just sitting there going man Sony you really don't have any confidence in that April. <laughs> like. right yeah um but yeah so it, anyway we we managed to get her home from the NICU just before Christmas which was fantastic uh <laughs> and now we're just adjusting life with her um but i've since come back to work i have not been very fortunate i haven't had to deal with too many dumbasses um but there have been the people that want to linger after spider-man to talk about it late at night (sighs) and i'm sitting there in the lobby like i there was one i want to go home go away yeah there was one night that i went got my jacket my gloves on like locked everything up turned the lights off like I didn't care. Like we'll Get people out the door faster. They're standing in the lobby. There's like a group of five people that are standing in the lobby and talking and talking. And then a couple of them went to the bathroom and a couple more went to the bathroom as the other ones came back. And then I'm standing there and I'm just waiting. And like, finally, they're the last group. And I'm about to say something. When one of them looks over and they go, you're waiting on us so you can go home, aren't you? And I just sat there mask on, just nodded like silent oh no. serial killer and a slasher <laughs> yes and they're like we're really sorry we'll, we'll get out i'm like it's fine just go just go now let go like as long as you're not waiting on a ride that's like 30 minutes away i'm like no mm-hmm. no no Our no, no rides in the bathroom I'm like good because i will make you stand out not that it was cold at that time but still i will make you stand outside i don't care like just go <laughs> yeah so um but yeah so other than that i since i've been back i not knock on wood I've not encountered any uh any of my usual shit customers which is nice Um, but yesterday I did
4: work
2: yesterday I did work and it was the slowest it's I think it's ever been on a shift that I've worked because we only did like 20 people for the first round of movies I just looked at my phone
3: my little list and I remembered one other story
4: okay go for it
3: had a guy had a guy come out after his movie was done and start to complain that his seat was broken they're on a huge fit um he threw this fit i i was not directly involved with the conversation i happened to be in the stand and megan was the one that got flagged down and uh because megan happened to be standing on the outside of the stand at, at that end by his theater talking to our off-duty officer
4: mm-hmm.
3: and so off-duty officer got to stand there and hear this too and so this guy comes up and just starts getting mad at her because his seat was broken and how dare we sell him a broken seat and blah blah blah. And Megan tried to explain to him like did you come out and say anything to us at the beginning of the movie? He's like no, but why how, Why would you sell me a broken seat? I'm like well we don't we don't know they're broken unless someone comes and tells us that they're broken. This man did not understand why we didn't check every single seat between every single show. I'm like, We why don't would- have time for that right so he was all pissy and so i think she ended up giving him some passes to come back another day whatever got him out of the building but she made note of it and i decided this was towards the end of the night uh the the next movie wasn't starting for a bit it had slowed down a bit so i was like i'm gonna go check out the seat because honestly probably 75 percent of the time when someone comes out and says their seat is broken I can go in and realize it's just loose wiring. Like all the mechanism under the seat that makes it go out in and out. Sometimes it catches a cord and it tugs it just enough that the plug comes out just enough that it doesn't get power. So usually it's something I can easily fix, which is why if someone comes out and tells me their seat is broken and the movie hasn't started, I'll be like, let me go check it out. Yeah. Because most of the time I can fix it. Probably another 10% of the time. It's a button that's stuck sometimes i mean we, we got kind of a bad batch of buttons when we first started that sometimes they stick down and you just have to replace them we're slowly working our way through those so that doesn't happen as often as it used to
4: mm-hmm.
3: but in that case we just have to get someone in there to fix it so i'm like i at least want to make note of what this is either it's something super simple that if he would have just come to get us we could have fixed it or i need to make note to have it switched out so i get in there i go to a seat i hit the button nothing happens. So on instinct, like most of the population, I hit the opposite button. Lo and behold, it works. It works. (gasps) It's just, it got wired backwards. Wow. It happens. Now, I've discovered this once or twice. It's in the half of the theater that was done second. And they were, when we did the remodel, they were kind of rushing to get as many theaters done as they could in time for Star Wars to come out. So a few mistakes were made. But most people, if you hit one button and it doesn't work, you just automatically try the other button. Yeah. That's just I feel like that's just natural. Yeah. So I'm like, that can't be it. Maybe, maybe that was the seat that you know his whoever he was with sat in. When I say I went down that entire row, I went down the row behind it and the row in front of it in case he was wrong. And the only ones that didn't work were the ones we have in our system is broken and we're not sold to that show. Huh. So this man came out and threw a giant toddler hissy fit because he didn't check the second button.
4: The uh, yeah,
3: when I tell you, our, our off duty officer started laughing when I told him that. Well, like, you laugh, you're not the one that had to get yelled at.
4: Oh, as you Megan,
3: sh- but yeah, I'm like, you, the, the seat's not broken, you're just a dumbass that doesn't know how to work. A button, simple two-button system.
4: Yeah.
2: So, all right. Well, let's move on from theater stories, because we'll get into, a, a, I'm sure, a few more of those with some of the questions we got here later on in the show. Let's review these movies real quick, and then we'll move on. Um, so, uh, even with the time off and and all that, I've still managed to squeeze in at least four big titles that we've gotten to see. Um, since their release so let's go ahead and just go in order of release um so spider-man no way home uh you guys screened it before i did i came over the next night and watched it by myself um
3: i'm very disappointed in our staff because they 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 obviously don't understand how screenings work there was no reaction to yeah. anything like megan and i were up in the corner of the theater. Like having our own little conversation to ourselves, well, as we usually do when we screen, just right. usually it's the whole group reacting and having conversations and it's fun. This was not, they yeah. were all boring.
4: Yeah. They just I,
2: sat there and watched it and that was it. I do, I do recall the text messages afterwards saying it, it <laughs> was weird not having you there <laughs> backing your jokes. And because we always screen all the Marvel movies together. Yeah. Yeah, we do. And uh, for me, it was weird watching it by myself um because yeah i'm used to watching it with you guys or at least one other person Mm -hmm. um and there are there everybody's seen the movie i'm not going to spoil anything (laughs) but like there are moments in this movie that are worthy of standing up and cheering or screaming
4: um
2: even if you know like going in uh like the the poorest kept secret in hollywood surrounding this movie (laughs) it doesn't take away from how cool the moment is <laughs> um and so yeah so to be able so to sit there and scream to myself when they happen um and not have anybody else there doing the same with me i was it, it just it wasn't the same it just it wasn't um and yeah knowing that our 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 crew is just like not used to doing and I, I, maybe next time we do one of those maybe i need to let them know if there's like big mo- like this is your chance to kind of let loose like <laughs>
4: movie but have- yeah
3: i mean i guess we should have given them the rundown on how we usually do it but like it's it's funny because megan and i had a conversation about potentially watching it in another separate theater from them mm-hmm. But i'm sitting there like i want to watch it on our large format screen yeah but there's no way to get them to watch it on just a normal screen and us go watch it in the large format screen without just straight up being like, I don't want to watch it with you and you're not allowed in my theater. And I'm not going to do that. Right. This is supposed to be like our Christmas party. This is supposed to be like our part of our Christmas present for them and to let them have an employee screening after hours, which we don't do for frontliners. Hardly. So I was like, we're just going to have to watch it with them because I don't want to go watch it in another theater. I want to watch it in this theater.
4: Exactly. So, and then
3: afterwards, uh, both of us were like, maybe we should have just sucked it up and watched it in another theater.
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah, we,
3: we, we should have given
2: them the rundown of how it usually works. Right. Um, oh, yeah. well. well, and there's a few staff members in there. And, and that's a question they got to ask of us, and we'll get into that in a bit. But uh, there's a few staff members that have watched movies with us that know how we kind of operate mm-hmm. uh, and have had a I lot of with us. don't
3: think watching. any of them were there that night, though.
2: No, they probably weren't. So uh, These were
3: almost all high school kids, with the exception yeah. of, like, one older staff member that I can think of that I know was there.
2: Yeah um so yeah but back to the movie itself uh, no way home is the best of the mcu spider-man trilogy yes. uh period like it just it is it's um it's fun it's dark it obviously you know the the old cast members that have come back with with willem Dafoe as green goblin who mm-hmm. fucking slays it again that man of course he best. does the uh, same goes for Alfred Molina as Doc Ock. Like, you know, the movie itself, I'm sitting there watching it. I'm going, this is this is straight up comic book shit. Like this yes. is this is exactly exactly what you expect when you when you hear about comic book movies and how far you can really take them. And this is just 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 a pinch of that, you know? Yeah. Um, and really sets things up for what's coming next um uh, talk shit all you want about comic book movies the mcu whatever this one like i left it i was going that was a blast i i am still upset about the it ending. had a lot of heart it did have a lot of heart i am still upset about the ending um because i think honestly the way this one ends is far more brutal than anything came before it and i'm not talking That's about fair. physical violence just the way it ends. emotional emotionally damaging uh but it is so good so damn good i can't recommend it enough if you're gonna see it see it on the biggest screen possible i you know like it's out you guys have seen it like anybody listening to the show i guarantee it's probably seen it um but i can't recommend it enough um trisha you you seem like you're in the same boat with it yes
3: yeah very much so
2: yeah so all right Movie number two that we got to watch. Um, again, I'm going in release date order. So uh, we're going to go with Kingsman, Man, uh, which is the prequel to the Kingsman movies. Ray Fine stars. We've got uh, uh, Rhys Siphons as, uh, as Rasputin. Um, uh, oh God, why can I not remember his name? Um, crap. Uh, he was in Guardians of the Galaxy, Quiet Place 2, Part 2. Um Super African name, which I know that sounds Hansu? Uh, Jumon Hansu. I, I, I like, I uttered it the entire time of Quiet Place Part 2. I can't remember. I can't believe, like, I got a baby I, It happens. Anyway, uh, you got him. You've got Jim Arterton. Um, uh, You've got a solid cast in this movie. Uh, you even got uh, Tom Hollander, not Tom Holland, but Tom Hollander, which means that there has to be a Tom Hollandest out there. Uh, Tom Hollander is playing uh, three different parts uh, that are all familially related, uh, but it's set during World War One or at the start of World War One, uh, and is basically just about the formation of the Kingsman uh, Independent Intelligence Agency. Um, not getting great reviews from the critics, but which is a not, shame. Which is a shame. We're not we're not actual film critics. We're just we just like movies. Um, and for me, I lo- you know I love spy movies, and you know I have said we need more World War One content, uh, mm-hmm. and this filled both niches. Um, I had a lot of fun watching it. It's a little more serious than those uh, the first two Kingsman movies, mm-hmm. um, so it kind of has- still a lot of fun. It is. It has a bit of an unevenness of tone, but I think when you're doing a period piece set during real world events. Yeah. You have to play it a little more serious, especially one that's as
3: bleak as World War One.
2: Yeah, and there are some moments where, you know, you get a lot of the emotion of that too that happened later on in the film. Um, yeah. But it, it is. I thought it was good. I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Um, and apparently, things in this one are setting up for the third Kingsman movie with Eggsy and uh, uh, Galahad is that it gallaghan harry the,
4: yes. yes
2: Anyway, harry uh i had to remember had to remember the character's name it's been so long so um but yeah i i enjoyed it Tricia, what were your thoughts on it
3: i enjoyed it like you said it, it's a lot more serious than than kind of i think we're used to for the franchise which is probably why part of the reason why it's getting the reviews it is mm-hmm. but it, like i said it's 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 a backstory set in a very bleak time period in a very bleak set of historical event, so it's not going to be quite the the same tone as yeah. the other two but i think it still fit in for the most part tone wise with the rest of it they, they tried to kind of make it cohesive as best they could
2: there there but, are yeah there were definitely a couple moments in there where i'm where we were watching it and we go yep definitely a kingsman movie um yeah. you have at least one outlandish action or fight sequence yes. set to a very popular piece of music and this one does not disappoint. So um, even you had to commentate on it afterwards going, they use that piece of music everywhere. And yet this time around, it was it was actually pretty good. The way that they yes. did it. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. Um, oh, shit. I forgot. Uh, Daniel, uh, Daniel Brühl is in it as well. He's not in it as much as I hoped he would be. Um, yeah, he's barely in it. So uh, I'm hoping that if they do a follow up to this one he will have a bigger role. Um uh, but you know it, it was cool seeing Baron Zemo uh, show up face <laughs> off at you know in some way against uh M from from 007. So yeah. Uh, that was the other thing I was having fun with was like how many of these people have appeared in another Bond movie or Mission Impossible <laughs> or the MCU and it's like oh half the damn cast has appeared in something. So um you know it was kind of fun to play along with so all right so we did that one uh the third one we actually watched at home uh, just because i didn't have time to watch it in theaters honestly i'm kind of glad i didn't at the same time it would have been kind of cool the matrix resurrections so this is the fourth matrix movie and this is the one that i said after or beforehand that look i get it it's cool we're getting another matrix movie which matter baby oh i know yeah that's how i feel that too <laughs> Um, sh- it's okay. Do we have to talk about this movie? Yeah, we do. Uh, we'll try and keep it short, just for you. How about that? Yeah, she's she's been napping, so now she's starting to stir. So, so this is the fourth movie in the series. Looks like Trisha. It's probably going to be the last, and for good reason. I don't think it's a knock on the quality of the film by any stretch of the imagination. Um, no. but. Uh, it did not do well at the box office either here no. or abroad. It, it, yeah, it won't even make its money back. Uh, we're not showing
3: it anymore and we still have like three screens of Spider-Man.
2: Yeah. That tells you anything. So uh, Kingsman even still has has a screen. Kingsman and-
3: still has a full screen.
2: Yeah. So uh, so yeah, Matrix Real Directions we pick up basically 60 years after the events of the third movie. Um where Neo is now back in the Matrix. Uh this one this one went a totally different route. Um it's very meta.
3: So they uh, went very meta.
2: Yeah, like to the point of not feel like it felt like a matrix movie and then not like a matrix movie all at the same time. Yeah. To me, that wasn't that wasn't a bad thing. Um, and I'll get to my why when you watch the movie a lot of people are going well this is not the matrix this is just blah 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 blah." <laughs> keep in mind that the wachowskis had been hounded by warner brothers to do another matrix movie ever since they finished that last tr- or that first trilogy mm-hmm. and so now they finally got one of them to do it gave them 190 million dollars and basically, use that $190 million to tell Warner Brothers to suck a fat one. <laughs> and that yep. alone makes the
3: movie worth watching. I remember texting you after watching it because we, we both watched it separately at home.
4: Yeah.
3: And because uh, again, you had other things going on, you know, new baby. Yep. And I remember texting you and saying that there is, I feel like it's not really a spoiler, but very early on in the movie, there's a conversation that takes place talking about, cause like there's, so Neo has been plugged back into the matrix and he is now a programmer, just like he, you know, he's resumed his old identity and he has created the matrix games, which are like a cultural phenomenon. And he's trying to move on to the next thing, but they're making him make another one.
4: Yeah.
3: And he does not want to, and there's this whole conversation where he's trying to tell the dude, I don't want to make it. I don't, I said, I would never go back there. This is done. And dude literally turns to him and goes, we're going to make it with or without you. Yeah. And I remember texting you after that conversation. I said, I feel like that conversation happened in, in real life. And it resulted in this movie. Yes. I feel like Warner brothers finally said, well, you know what? We own the rights. We want to make it. Either you make it or we'll find someone who will. And she finally was like, fine, I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. And this was the result. This was a big try me.
2: Yeah. Try to do this again. This was the very, what happens. Fuck around and find out. And it's not that the movie is like intentionally bad because it's not, it's not. It has a lot to say about our current state Uh wanting to just keep dive into remakes and re-pools and see just continue
3: with ips instead
2: of so finding of, the next thing right um which i found interesting so mm-hmm. yeah and so like i said instead of just being a straight up continue which it is still a continuation we still have the neo trinity love story that has mm-hmm. pointed out um, i will say this
3: is not just a, a, a commentary on warner Brothers specifically this is the whole industry yeah yeah warner brothers does this disney especially does this disney at least tries to do original things at, alongside their ips but, but they, they do they do bleed their ips as much as they can um sony especially does this because sony doesn't have much going on other than spider-man so they're just bleeding spider-man for everything they can get out of it yep. like every studio does this if they have something big in their arsenal they keep going back to it Instead of taking a risk on something new, exactly as often as they should.
2: Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, I I would recommend watching it just for that. But you have to keep that part of it in mind, otherwise, you're probably going to hate it and not get the message of the movie. Yeah. Um, but I I thought the visual effects in it were were fine. It's a much brighter Matrix movie than the first. Movie. Yeah. What is that too?
3: Yeah, because I noticed especially rewatching the trilogy I I rewatched the trilogy before watching this one cuz I enjoy the matrix but it's not one that I watch a lot. So I literally was like I don't know that I remember enough about especially 2 and 3 to go into this with just what I have in my head. So I rewatched it. <laughs> and like in the original trilogy every time they're in the matrix, it's a very there's like a green filter on everything and not just green but like a dark green filter. Yeah. Whereas I feel like that didn't exist, hardly at all, if if at all, in this one.
2: No, this like, one was much more vibrantly colored, yeah. um, throughout. Which, I mean, it
3: makes sense in the context of what's going on. Yeah. Because, yeah, but trying not to go into detail. <laughs> yeah. well, in <laughs> movie, it, was- it makes sense why it's just it is a little jarring, and it makes it kind of feel like not a Matrix movie because you're uh-huh. used to that green hue
4: yeah
2: so all right so that was movie number three last but certainly not least and honestly probably my favorite of the four movies that we watched over this little time period i can agree with that scream or as i think it should have been titled scream spelt with a five instead of an s but that's you know what after watching the movie i understand the decision to just call it scream um look i i don't question
3: the decision making of anyone involved in scream anymore because it always makes sense yeah there's always a reasoning behind it that when i've realized when i understand it i go okay i get it i accept it
2: this time around so where the matrix resurrections had to had something to say about the overuse of ips and and all that scream actually decides to tackle toxic fandom and it, it kind
3: of has a similar message but take a different spin on it like yeah. matrix is talking about in the sense of studios keep doing this whereas scream doesn't in a sense more of the this is how fans react to it yeah so it's kind of
2: similar concepts just different viewpoints Exactly. And so in this one, we do so so this one gets to be the requel or Lega sequel, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. but it's not retcon anything. No. Um that's why I hesitate to use the term requel. because uh, I feel like that would apply more towards like how that 2018's Halloween. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, where yeah, it doesn't
3: ignore like two, three, and four, but it focuses more okay. heavily back on the first one. Right as far as backstory and reasoning and inspiration
2: and yeah references and whatnot yeah and so with
3: the exception of the stab movies are still a big thing
2: right and yet stab movies are not what they once were or what people think they should be
3: someone asked me i don't, i cannot remember who it was someone at work asked me we were talking about the movie and they said do i need to watch i think they hadn't they either hadn't seen two three and four i think they hadn't seen two three and four at all they'd only seen the first one yeah and they asked me do i need to see two three and four to to get this or can i just watch the first one and i was like I yeah. yes and no like one is the most important thing to be aware of but you kind of do need some of the background knowledge that of events in two three and four to get it not event so much as just knowledge about the stab series yeah mostly yeah it's mostly the stab series you need to be aware of the stab series and kind of their pop culture that exists the situation that exists around it for this one yeah but that's really all you need from the sequels yes it's like you at least need to be aware
2: yeah so so yeah, so this one, so this one actually does take, take kind of a page out of the, uh, the Star Wars sequel trilogy playbook where it focuses on new characters that may or may not be connected to characters from the past. Of course, they kind of address it in the trailer, but not enough to actually let slip who's connected to who or what until you get deeper into the film.
3: It's kind of a next generation kind of thing. Yeah. Four was like a slightly younger side character kind mm-hmm. of angle. Or is this one is straight up the next generation
4: yeah
2: um so yeah so like I said, you still get dewey gale and of course sydney fucking prescott back as as the badass as she is by the way un- it related but unrelated i still have a crush on Nev campbell and i probably forever always will so um but yeah so you get the three of them back but then you are introduced to new characters such as uh sam carpenter who is our lead who she is our the the one that we're following through her boyfriend Richie, um, and then of course her little sister who gets attacked at the beginning of the movie, um, mm-hmm. and and sets things into motion for what's going to happen. Uh, yeah, so without going any further into the actual plot of the movie, I loved it. I <laughs> I had a shitting grin on my face from one ear to the other. Yep. Like I had an absolute blast watching it. Is it my favorite of the Scream sequels? Not yet there is certainly room there and i could definitely make a case for it being tied to um uh, I, I, I keep going back and forth between
3: whether like nothing's going to top the original right but as far as my second favorite i keep going back and forth between four in this one I, I need to rewatch this one at least one more time before i make that final call but like it's it's that good in my yeah. opinion and i yeah. feel like there are people, of course, online complaining about it and saying that it's terrible. And I feel like if you complain about this one, you're outing yourself as the type of fan that they're calling out in the movie.
4: Yeah. Just I,
2: yeah, it's, like I said, it's certainly, I don't, I, I know a lot of people want to shit on three. I like three. It's not my favorite of the bunch. I don't think there's a bad okay. movie in the entire set. No. Like, and I think Scream 4 is, a really good piece on on remakes and reboots and and all that um so yeah so to watch this one tackle toxic fandoms and requels whatever you want to call them i'm going yeah they definitely had something to say and i feel like when they do one like every so many years there's something going on in the film guys that we can all kind of agree on or bitch about together and like they really nailed it um, and so not focusing solely on just horror films anymore, I think it's war to their favor. Um, I, I have to applaud Radio Silence, the directors of the film. Um, those guys understood the assignment and knew what they were coming in for and fucking nailed it. Uh, they had no problem. This one, the kills are brutal uh, and you feel them. And there is that, there's actually a bit of emotion to it. Like you actually do mm-hmm. get a bit upset by some of these characters getting off. It's great. I I just, yeah, like like for me, it's probably tied with four for my third spot, but quickly moving up to being tied with two for the second spot. Um, but that's how much I really like two, three, two, four, and well now five. So uh, three is the weakest. I'll admit three is the weakest, but I still enjoy it too. Yeah. Think, same i'd like to have seen what west craven would have done with you know yeah. better completed script right out the gate so yeah. i
3: still love just how many easter eggs there were in it for the first one like i know i didn't catch them all but there's so many and they were just like so they, some of them were very obvious but there was a lot of little subtle just kind of placed in the background kind of things going on that referenced the original that I very much appreciated and you can tell that the people who made it were fans
2: awesome yeah no it was it was definitely uh because I think the Radio Silence guys they're around our age so so they're definitely a part of that generation that had Scream growing up which is yeah and I think Trisha I think we're gonna have to do a separate episode just about the Scream franchise (laughs) as a whole at some point
3: Uh, yeah it is my favorite
2: uh, yeah. When it comes to horror movies, like that's the one that got a lot of us turned on to slash flicks. So, yeah. All right. So that's it for the movie reviews. So, 100th episode. I have asked you guys, uh, and you guys delivered. So you've sent us questions that we're going to answer. In between each question, we are going to um, we are going to uh, have some some friends of the show uh, and listeners say. Uh, we're going to have audio recordings of them playing of their favorite movie going memories. Um, so yeah, so just in between, you'll hear that pop up. Um, I think it was a fun way to kind of commemorate things and share our like joined love of this business that we're in. Um, but yeah, just, just to answer questions that keep getting asked of us, some of them are, are movie theater related. Some of them are more personal preference, uh, related. Um, but, you know it is what it is so it'll be it'll be fun either way so stick around and we will get to that
1: once every harvest moon a talk show comes along that is so groundbreaking raising the bar to such heights that other podcasts step back and say wow that show's got it figured out. With a host, tempered in focus, commitment, and sheer will, this is The Derek Duvall Show. Pop culture, news, and interviews with fascinating people that channel the great Edward R. Murrow and Walter Cronkite. The Derek Duvall Show. Find him on Twitter and Instagram at Derek Duval Show, and find his new episodes every Wednesday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Podchaser. The Derek Duvall Show. The best thing to happen to Hump Day since the Geico Camel. What,
2: All right, welcome back. So um, our first question is actually going to, uh, to come with uh, a story time because it actually happened fairly recently. This is not a user sub- or a listener submitted story. This is actually or a story a question. This is just one that I think people have that they don't realize they get into. So Tricia, I'm going to ask you, what's the difference between an open caption movie and a closed caption movie when I go to the theater? So
3: traditionally the movies you've, you've been going to, they probably used to are a closed caption system. Meaning you go, you watch the movie, you don't see subtitles or anything to use normal. However, people who are deaf or hard of hearing would have to approach uh, an employee and get either a headset for if they're hard of hearing or a caption box if they so prefer or if they're completely deaf and it's a sep- either way it's a separate device that allows them to be able to know what is being said on screen it's closed captioning open captioning is basically subtitles so like if you're home and you turn your caption system on or your you know your, your subtitles on that's open captioning but that, but that's that on the on the screen so everyone in the theater sees the captions at the bottom of the screen now in the past The the closed caption system has been considered good enough. But increasingly, the deaf and hard of hearing community have been advocating to try to get some sort of open caption option so that they are able to just go to the movies and watch a movie just like everybody else. So in order to stay ahead of this, and also just because our company strives for inclusion anyway. we have started implementing a system of open caption shows. So that's two rounds a week. So there's a certain two two days, certain time each day that we will have a couple movies that are provided, a couple shows that are provided as open caption. Now I have had at least one family come up to me after one of these shows and thank me all over the place because their child needed it and greatly appreciated the opportunity to go see a movie like a normal person, quote unquote normal, that they didn't have to worry about asking for something extra or worrying about whether the device was charged and would last through the movie or whether the captions would be correct or if everything was captioned. Cause I know, um, what was the movie? Uh, Well, I can only imagine it was about that song. Someone came to me afterwards that they had gotten a closed caption box because they were deaf and the filmmakers did not bother to put the lyrics to the song in the closed captioning. It would just say music, which you could argue that in a lot of cases, the lyrics aren't important, but when it's a movie about a specific song, that's kind of important. And she was upset. Yeah. And I felt bad because there's nothing I can do that the studios put the captioning on. So if they have an open caption, it's just on the screen. You don't have to worry about a separate box. You don't have to worry about whether it's charged. You don't have to worry about positioning it in the right place or whether it's going to be convenient. It's just, it's on the screen. Now, the reason why are we bringing this up? Honestly, you may see this more and more at some of you local theaters because it's it's just one of those, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. It's, it's either your local theater is going to implement it on their own or they're going to be forced to, which is why we just decided to go ahead and do it. But there's a lot of people that don't understand what open caption is, and I get that. However, at least on our website, we have attributes listed. So when you click a show, it will have a list of things that are specific to that show. It'll tell you if it has recliners, it will tell you what kind of sound system it has. It will tell you that that it does reserve seating, You know, and it will say open caption people don't pay attention to that. So we basically have to, we've begun, whenever we have these open caption shows, telling every single person that comes in, if they've bought a ticket online to that show, or if they're wanting to buy a ticket to that show, explaining that it's open caption, explaining what open caption is, and making sure that they're okay with that before they buy the ticket. Some people are just like, yeah, whatever. Some people are like, oh no, I don't want that. Is there another show I can go to? And they switch shows. Cool. Problem comes when uh, people don't seem to understand or listen.
4: Yeah,
3: I know Megan has told me that she's had people that they've come up. She's explained to them the open caption. She's explained that it means that there's going to be subtitles on the screen. They say they don't care. And then suddenly the movie starts and they're marching out, complaining about subtitles, claiming that they weren't told. Yes, you are. If you don't like it, that's your own fault. You were warned. Now, some of you... <laughs> Might have seen a tweet for me of a quote from Megan that I had to share.
4: The so that's the
3: yeah, I just shared the quote because I just thought the quote was funny on its own. And I, I was cracking up, so I was like, I have to share that. So what happened was <laughs> I was I was in the office doing our show schedule. I was not a part of this at all. But she came in hot. She was ranting apparently some dude had bought to the spider-man open caption now he came out and he approached her and the exact words out of his mouth were i bought to the spider-man open caption show he said it unprompted she said okay said there are subtitles on the screen she said yes that it's it's an open caption show and he goes I don't want them. Said, okay, that's that you bought to an open caption show. That's what open caption is, it's subtitles. Said, so what? Do we just have to deal with it the whole show? Yes. You bought to an open caption show. Said, well, what if there's no one in there that needs it? Doesn't matter. It was advertised as an open caption show, it's an open caption show. Now, I'm sitting there, she's ranting, and I'm like, the same night, I'd been called out, uh, Frontliner Kim got me, and someone needed a refund, and she had had to step away, and the dude was super nice, and he goes, I have two sets of tickets, because I bought to the open caption show, and then afterwards, just figured I should look and see what that meant, and looked it up, and realized what it was, and I don't want that, so I went ahead and bought to the next show that's just normal, that doesn't have the captions. He goes, so can you refund my tickets for the open caption? I said, sure, no problem. It was that easy. This dude apparently just kept fighting her. Basically wanted her to turn off the captions, which A, we advertise it as an open caption show. We can't do that. Other people have bought to that knowing it's open caption. We can't change it. And B, this isn't a DVD. We can't just hit a setting button and turn off the open caption. The captions are embedded into the file. So in order to switch it from an open caption to an a, a, a closed caption, we would have to stop the movie completely and start a different file. We're not, we're not doing that when the movie's already started. But also, she was sitting here ranting about it and telling about it. And so I was like, so did he switch shows? Did you offer to switch him shows? She goes, no, I don't negotiate with dumb fucks. And that's where I lost it. She continued talking, but I was laughing. And I, was, eventually, she stopped. I was like, "I gotta tweet that. I gotta tweet that." I, I, don't negotiate with dumb fucks.
2: That is.
3: Apparently, he went back into his movie. Didn't switch. We never heard from him again. She the whole time was just like, "No, we can't change it." Like, I mean, you probably should have offered to switch him to this to you know the next one. That's not. But like at the same time. He had access to the show schedule. Yeah. He could have very easily seen himself that there was another option he could have switched.
2: I, I like the take no prisoners approach of uh, I don't negotiate with dumb fucks. Like, I,
4: I, I'd like he to- even said,
3: if, if, if he had just walked up and been like, hey, there's captions. Is that supposed to be there? She probably would have been nicer to him and yeah. probably would offer to switch. But he walked up saying that he bought to the open caption show. So you he knew he bought to open caption. Yeah. If you don't know what that means, that's on you at that point. If you realize that you bought to something that said something you didn't understand, that's on you to figure out what that means. The other guy got it. He bought it and then went, hmm, maybe I should see what open caption means. Oh, that means there's subtitles. I don't want that. I'm going to go to this other one instead. Yeah. So I, I don't blame her.
4: Right.
2: It just it just made me laugh. Oh God, no! That's that's honestly, I would get that tattooed on my on my chest. At this point <laughs> that I don't negotiate with dumb fucks. That's just too good. So, so we go from explaining open caption versus closed caption to a question from our friends at Shoot the Flick. Uh, and that question is the the question that they posted was best double feature. I've reworded it to be the ideal double feature. Now, when when we think of a double feature. It, I had to clarify with them and go. Are you talking like the best, like movies in the same series, or like thematically joined at the hip, or or what are we talking? And so mm-hmm. they thematically connected, but not like. Doesn't have to be in a series or directly so, related, just right. thematically. So, Trisha, I'll I'll let you go first uh, if you want to. What is your ideal double feature?
3: I kind of cycled through a couple thoughts on this, but I think I settled on. High Fidelity. Okay. And Empire Records.
2: Oh, okay. So going to music route.
3: Nineties. Uh, follows theater or theater. Uh, record store employees. Breaks the fourth wall.
4: But mm-hmm.
3: very different kind of themes and, and plots. Similar setting.
2: Different ideas. Totally different story, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, when... Uh, I, I was going through, and, and High Fidelity came to mind, but I went the John Cusack route of uh, that with *Bros*. Point blank, one because it's on a DVD that I own, um, so it's just easy to get a double feature out of that. But two, yeah, um, thematically, you you have both about men that are dealing with with their past in the romantic sense of, you know, how do I how do I either go back to my former high school and deal with this old flame. That I'm still crazy about, or mm-hmm. how do I, you know, you know, as a record store employee, how am I dealing with the breakup of this woman that I love, and how have my past relationships affected yeah. how we've gotten to that point? I always thought that was a good one, uh, mm-hmm. but the one my my ideal uh, double feature though, I'm going with a crime route. I'm actually going to go with mm-hmm. Eat and The Dark Knight um and so you're probably sitting there going how the hell do do a heist movie what the hell do a heist movie and a batman movie have in common it's all about gray areas so he is is de niro and pacino kind of matching wits with each other um as as cops and robbers uh, basically de niro's trying to to come up with the perfect last heist pacino's the cop after him um and so it's all set in LA and it's it's got a blue hue to it too, just like Dark Knight does. Um, but it's it's all about this gray area within within the crime world and, and law enforcement and how that has an effect on your personal life. Sorry, my little girl's getting all upset here. Um, it's okay. But it's all about those gray areas and how, how these choices are affecting their personal lives huh sounds kind of familiar when you look at the dark Knight and you think about you know the lawless vigilante going against the psychopathic clown who is running town and you know causing a scene and how that's affecting bruce wayne's relationships with rachel dawes with the da with himself and alfred trying to get out of being doing this vigilante work all across gotham and so, yeah, so just those, those thematic choices. Not to mention there's also the connection of, of how, how much influence Heat actually has on the Dark Knight as a film as well. That whole opening sequence with- the... I know, baby. I apologize. <laughs> I was not intending for a crying baby on the show. Uh, but all about those, uh, that, that first sequence with the Joker robbing the bank with, with everybody in masks and nobody knows who's who totally inspired by the action sequences and the high sequences from Heat and so yeah so plus both movies well Dark Knight you know you had to see it in IMAX to really appreciate the full scope of the film Heat is another one where if I could see it on the big screen back to back with that one I would go yeah that was the way this movie was intended to be seen
3: it's kind of funny because one of my first thoughts was uh, pairing Halloween and Scream
2: Oh, that would have been a good one too, because scream references Halloween so much. Yeah, I think any. Yeah, I think Halloween being the key one there because that's that's the one that really yeah up the slasher genre in the seventies, and then scream and I... revitalizing it in so ninety six. Mm-hmm. So, um, hold on just a second.
3: a lot of best movie going experiences but one of my favorite is whenever we went to go see Blair Witch Project it was opening night and in fact it happened again when I saw it the second time but packed house and this girl screams out oh my god and everybody screams and then just starts
2: laughing it was the best. All right, so our next question actually comes from the Scuttlebutt podcast. Uh, this is a question that we get asked a lot, I feel like, just because we do work in this industry and things are constantly changing. Um, and especially after this past year with COVID and things going to the streaming services. Question is Are streaming services about to take over the industry? And what is that going to look like if yes?
3: Well, the answer is no. <laughs>
2: i think it's a little more complicated than just i know um i think no go ahead i was
3: gonna say i do think the last two years has shown that it's not going to be how do i word this there's been people pre-pandemic that kept saying that theaters are going away it's going to be all streaming from here on out like no one's going to go to the movie theaters anymore it's just everything's going to be released on streaming and that's going to be the way it is movie theaters are going to disappear yeah that's not the case and if anything the last two years has proven that because a studios don't make as much money when they release even day and date let alone direct to streaming
4: yeah
3: and b releasing direct to streaming even if you charge a fee to stream it invites pirating
4: yeah
3: like in in an actual theater setting it's very difficult to pirate because a you have to sneak it in so it's not like you can have this fancy setup that's going to give you high quality and b chances are people around you are going to turn you in or you're going to get caught so it's very difficult anymore
4: yeah Uh, to get
3: something that's worth people's time to watch online right but if you release it to streaming all it takes is someone pulling it up on a laptop screen record and then it's true, as we saw with black widow yeah. disney lost out on so much potential money because they did it day and date and people pirated it yeah. like crazy so it, it may become an increased option for some of the smaller films
4: mm-hmm.
3: like they're, they're they're they may do limited release to get that awards uh potential mm-hmm. And then do either a day and date or a very limited window and release it to streaming much sooner than in the past. But the vast majority of movies, I think we've we've proven over the last two years, will are still the highest chance of profit is to release it in theaters.
4: Yeah.
3: And as much as people complain about, well, if I go to theaters, I have to deal with 30 seats and people talking, and I just I would rather just watch it at home. I think we found that those people are more in the minority than previously thought most people would still prefer to go to a theater and watch it in a theater because a lot of those day and dates we didn't see as much of a a dip in attendance as we expected Mm -hmm. because there was that many people that were like no i want to go watch it in a theater if at all possible
2: yeah yeah where the day and date winds up hurting is in the long run with films Mm -hmm. um black widow case in point uh, I think they did they did some looking on that. I think they said that Disney missed out on about six hundred million dollars by doing a day and date release for it was yeah. being able to pay for it thirty bucks to have it on Disney plus early um, yeah. well first off, I don't know too many people that would do that It's a good option for families yes. uh, that don't have a whole lot of income but you're I roughly... can see a lot
3: more of that for kid yeah kidder, you know movies
2: yeah um and we've talked about it ad nauseum on this show too Uh, when you yeah, the the piracy issue is the big one. Warner Brothers I think found that out the hard way as well, Not probably not nearly as bad as Disney did with one film, but just over the course of the past year by releasing everything that they had day and date to HBO Max sure, they got their subscription numbers up, I can't dispute that But what, how much money did that really make you on those items? We've talked about how Netflix dumped a lot of money into their original content or in buying Mm -hmm. stuff up for. say, real quick, we also have to acknowledge it didn't hurt WB as much or Warner Brothers as much because the the
3: price point. Disney, when they release it day and date, are generally putting it on their premium service where not only do you have to subscribe to Disney Plus, but you have to pay an additional $30 to access it. So that's where a lot of people are like, I'd rather pirate it or go to the theater. Right. Versus Warner Brothers putting it on just HBO Max where you just have to subscribe to the service and get access to it. More people like, okay, like the $10 service, I can handle that, whatever. I'll do it for the movie I want. I would be curious how many people to find out how many people either used free trials and let them expire for you know the one movie they wanted, or they would activate and deactivate subscriptions. Like they would activate it for you know the month that the movie they wanted to see came out, and then they would deactivate it until the next movie they wanted to see came out. You know what I mean?
2: Right. Uh, yeah, because I don't think HBO Max was doing a whole lot of free trials uh, last year, or at least I didn't find any very many advertised uh but even still 15 bucks a month to what, one to get all the content that they have available on there because they do have a yeah. wealth of stuff to choose from um kid and adult friendly mm-hmm. um and then top it off with the fact that oh yeah i get access to you know basically one new big movie every month i can yeah. watch godzilla versus kong at home well when it comes to a movie that big i'm like well i'd rather watch it on the big screen matrix resurrections i would have rather watched on the big screen like you know yeah. yeah it streaming has its place is what I'm going to say yeah uh, from,
3: I, from a consumer standpoint I, I get what people are saying yeah it's convenient to have that option to either go to the theater or just watch it at home I get that there's trust me there's times that I want to go watch something that especially working at a theater I'm like I don't want to go back up to work and deal with all yeah that I, like I sometimes I wish I could just watch it at home yeah, but from a business standpoint it's not going to happen because studios cannot sustain the the what they're used to the money they're used to making yeah. and what people don't get they're like oh no studios don't make as much well if the studios don't make as much they don't have the money to funnel into future projects so movies are just <laughs> going to get smaller and smaller and smaller
2: budgets from here on out yeah well, and, that's, and that's what i was saying in regards to netflix netflix has 21 billion dollars in debt just in accruing or creating content mm-hmm. for its streaming service and it just keeps going up every year and
3: netflix is like the not the gold standard but like the most common probably like
4: yeah
3: the average person on the street if they only have one streaming service is probably netflix yeah like I feel like that's the entry point as far as streaming services go, and if they can't sustain what they need to keep people subscribing, what hope does anyone else have?
4: Yeah,
2: yeah, and so and, and if you look at the movies that they're putting on Netflix, they're they're fine. Some of them are really good, but I think they're, they're B movies. A lot of them are B movies. Uh, the the ones that are actually really good are the smaller budget dramas. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the oh, what was it? Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, I think it was, that Chadwick Boseman was in last year. Um, things like that, Roma. Those smaller budget dramas are, are, and of course, now you get the awards cloud out of it, but those don't cost a whole lot to make. The Boys in the Band, mm-hmm. that was another one that we watched. Um, but yeah, the, there's, there's not a whole lot of money dropped into those, and so therefore, you're not as worried about taking a loss on it. Whereas something like a red notice or army of the dead which does cost 80 90 100 120 million whatever their budgets Mm -hmm. were bigger budgets you're going how are you going to make your money back on that like you know and and even
3: then That, That has been one of the nice things to come out of the pandemic is that in the especially in late 2020 when theaters were starting to feel comfortable reopening but studios were not comfortable releasing content theaters were so desperate for content that a lot of smaller studios and like netflix netflix has been trying to get a foot in the door for mm-hmm. film exhibition and theaters for a long time but no i think a lot of theaters didn't want to give them that opportunity because we, they have to make decisions based on what's going to make them money so they kind of stuck to tried and true to make sure they were making because theaters have crazy overhead but when you're desperate for content because you know without content people aren't coming out because like retro titles are not going to get people out in a pandemic very much
4: yeah.
3: it it opened a lot of theaters up to you know like netflix shows that they've been trying to get in theaters and like smaller studios and some of those smaller things got a better opportunity to get in front of an audience on the big screen, which has been nice, and I think that will continue. But yeah, that they shouldn't bank on that.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, so to answer the simple answer to the question is no, no, not it's in not the way
4: that it, you would think.
3: No, or, not in the way that you are asking. Right. I'm, I'm I'm assuming. I will admit I'm assuming as to their intention, but I'm thinking their intention is. Our theaters going away, and it's going to be all streaming. And the answer is no.
4: Yeah. No.
3: Will will the future film exhibition shift a little bit? Yes. Yes. I. But I, it always will. Yeah. It always has. It always will. There's always the next big thing that is threatening movie theaters. When VHS came out and people could first watch movies at home, people like in the 80s, people were predicting the end of movie theaters. That was 40 years ago, almost. We're still here. Yes, still doing great. Yeah. So, theaters, I think, will always be there because that's the best way for the studios to make money.
2: Yeah, I do. But things th- will always shift. I do think the one thing you are going to see more of, though, is you are going to see the studios clinging even tighter to to IP, um, just that intellectual property that they already know will sell. Um, yeah. That's that's what you're going to see a lot of. So brace yourselves we're probably not going to get the original content in cinemas that we it's going to be a while before they feel comfortable taking any yeah. sort of risk on an
3: unknown variable exactly so they've, they've taken such a hit over the last two years that they're going to cling to stuff they know will make the money until they're in a better financial situation to right. take a risk
2: yeah and that's and that's why and something we...
3: unproven
2: yeah and that's why when we we sit there and we watch spider-man and kingsman matrix and, and scream and and all these other IP movies. Yes, we love those. But when we tell you guys, go check out A Last Night in Soho or A Ready mm-hmm. or Not or, or something to that effect. I miss Nightmare Alley and I'm kind of sad about it. I, I, yeah, I didn't get to come watch it either. I really wanted to. Uh, but like movies like that, if you want more of that in theaters, you have to get off your ass and you have to go see it. You have to put forth the money to go see those movies. because
3: Go see it. Convince your friends to go see it. Yep. Try to get that box office up as much as possible. Yeah. Spread
2: the word. Tell your friends. Exactly. Because if they see, that's how the greatest showman wound up having such great legs as an original film. Yep. Yeah, it had Hugh Jackman and Zach Efron, but it did not do great its first weekend. It wasn't no. like two, three, four weeks out from that release date that it did gangbusters. Yeah. You know, and just held on. That's what we talk about a movie having legs, that's what we're talking about. I think my favorite movie-going experience was probably going to go see episode one. The hype was so huge. It was back before there was online ticket sales, really, so you had to go to the box office to get your tickets. We didn't have reserved seating here, so you had to go sit outside, so you hoped you got a good seat. Uh, you know, the midnight showing, everybody's cosplaying. Everybody's there early. Everybody's having a good time. Just completely excited that this new Star Wars movie is coming out. I think that's my favorite movie memory.
4: Next
2: question for us. This one comes from our, uh, our friends uh, at Movies After Work. Um, they also work in a movie theater. So it's kind of cool to get a question from them. Their question is, if money were no object, what is a feature your theater doesn't have that you would get or that you would want IMAX a kitchen a playground etc well I can tell you we that we had a hard time with this question or at least I did I know you did uh, yes. so, we're spoiled we're in a
3: theater that's we, pretty yeah. nice we like
4: we premium large- IMAX
3: okay we don't have IMAX brand but we have a premium large format theater which is the generic yeah. term for what an IMAX is yeah. kitchen we have a kitchen play zone we we have a, a play theater like we have a motion theater like we,
4: mm-hmm.
3: we we have we have a bar like yeah we have a lot of the, the the current things the only thing i can think of that our chain that owns us has that we don't have is like we have a locate one location for sure they're wanting to do more but covid kind of delayed it is there's locations that also have um an arcade and bowling yeah We don't. We're not one of those. Um, Or dine-in theaters is another one that is exists in our chain, but we don't have.
2: And and we're kind of going away from that.
4: So yeah,
3: I don't think that's that's really doing that much anymore. They're not. They're not really pushing that as much. But like, I don't know that I'd want to deal with an arcade or a bowling alley. But it'd be kind of cool to have in the building.
2: Yeah. I mean anything like that that can add value to people coming out to that one yeah. location for entertainment. I think is is great. Um, um,
3: it'd be nice to have a, maybe a few different, like food and beverage kind of options. Like I know the AMC not too far from us has uh, freezers that you can get like prepackaged ice cream. Right. That I've always kind of been jealous of.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, we stop and get Starbucks on the way to work a lot, so. It'd be a coffee shop within that they could make kind of fancy coffee drinks we also have one next door that we need to utilize more often
4: yes
3: like having a coffee shop in in in-house would be kind of cool right save us a whole lot of money (laughs) yeah um i mean our our chain has heated seats but i don't like the design
2: of the ones we have so um for me for me it is it is purely technological and uh it's just because i i'm an old man who likes his old technology His vinyl, his cassette tapes, his Mm -hmm. all that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I would love for us to have at least one auditorium where we could do 35 millimeter or 70 millimeter. I would agree with that. Kind of like Alamo Drafthouse used to have when they were around our area. Um, Oh baby,
3: I know. Um, Yeah, because some of those older movies haven't been converted to to digital. Right. I'm pretty sure. And also just the nostalgia of being able to say you know we're going to play this movie not just play the movie but it's going to be 35 millimeter
2: yeah well and and that's the thing the other thing too is that would give us opportunities to do things like um when quentin tarantino put out the hateful eight years ago not years ago a few years ago when he put that out he did a a road show format for it so that movie um when you saw it in a normal theater it was almost three hours it was what it was when you do the roadshow format that he was doing one it was playing on 70 millimeter which is like the the granddaddy of of all projectors because even at 70 millimeter that's that's what the old IMAXs used to use and that even on film is still a pretty pristine picture one two you get like with that it allows you to do not just new stuff that they decided to put it out, but old stuff too, Ben-Hur or any of these Mm -hmm. big cinematic classics. Um, And then the other option too with that is when they did Hateful Eight, they put an intermission into the film. So you'd actually have a 15 minute break in this three or 10 minute break in this 15 or three hour movie and actually get to go and discuss what you just saw. Because there's a certain breaking point in that film uh, where you just want to get up and go, okay, we got to talk about everything that just happened and what's coming next um so yeah so for me it would be bringing back a little old technology just for special yeah. events you know uh and just because i know there's
3: someone out there that's like what about high frame rate i don't like high frame rate i think high frame rate.
4: if you I like think, frame rate, i think that's
3: that was a trend like 3d that was a novelty and people liked and now people generally don't care about yeah we haven't had a 3d movie in years and i don't think that's just down to the pandemic even before the pandemic we barely ever had 3d so last
2: one i
3: think that's one of those technological advances that was a novelty and then people decided it wasn't that great yeah when
2: yeah and and when you do the high frame rate and it looks like i mean it it, it looks like a bad soap opera on vhs like i it could be cool (laughs) but i don't think it's there yet i yeah i'm i'm not down with it so yeah not a fan yeah
3: I'm just trying to think of any sort of anything theater-related I can think of that we either have or don't have.
4: Yeah.
2: For me, the most interesting movie experience I can recall in my adult years, uh, we and my wife have been married for oh, four or five years, and for Valentine's Day she said, let's go see Gone Girl. And I knew nothing about the movie. And about an hour in, I incredibly regretted uh, my decision in allowing this movie going experience to even happen. But, uh, you know, hey, it was a good movie, and uh, that's why I check in everywhere I go so people know exactly where I am. I have to qualify it first. Uh, this was a time when you would just go to a movie theater and see what was playing or maybe you check the newspaper first but suffice it to say i took a first date to see secretary uh with james spader and it was uh awkward it was the most awkward walk back to the car and oh what did you think of this movie it was all very polite but let's just say there was no second date question uh that we have uh, this one actually comes from josh from uh, your next favorite movie i need to get him out he would be a good one to talk about scream with because he loves his horror movies we might have to get him on the show and, and do a, a whole episode about that all right so his question was uh he actually sent us several questions but i'm just gonna give him the credit for just the one because a couple of the ones he asked are ones that we get all the time anyway so but this one was what do you guys really think about christmas day now being a huge day for movie releases do you like being there on that day, that day of all days? No. The answer is no, and you can apply also to- now. It's, yeah, it's it's been a big movie
3: day for a long time. This is yeah. we're both approaching fifteen years here. Well, you even have a year on me because you worked in another theater part
4: mm-hmm. previous to this one. But yeah,
3: you have approaching
2: full continuous fifteen.
3: Yeah, I've I've worked in this building for fifteen years with the exception. Okay, well, the first four years are seasonal, but still. Yeah, fifteen years I've been in this industry. Christmas has always been one of the biggest days of the year. Yeah. Like that's not a new thing. No,
2: it's not. It uh, may have
3: just garnered some attention, but like it's yeah it's not a new thing. No. And I hate it. Yeah. I've
2: always I, hated it. I honestly now that I have a kid, it's probably going to be different because I'm going to want to be home with her or at least open presence with her when when I didn't have a kid or from the time that I started at the theater or in the theater industry all the way up to this last year um it never really bothered me uh what what bothered me more is the people that come up and say thank you for working on Christmas and I'm sitting there going oh you're welcome because I wouldn't be here if it weren't for your doofy ass like that and that's my response that's
3: not even the most annoying to me the most annoying to me is the people that when you you try to say something about I don't think that theaters should be open on christmas day and i don't think studios should release movies on christmas day there's always that person's like but it's my family tradition that we all go see a movie oh shit you know my So your family, family, family is- tradition is to keep me from spending christmas with my family is that what you're telling me your family trumps every employee's family of that location you're going to mm-hmm. that's that's your christmas message to me yeah
4: yeah
3: no thank you you're an asshole yeah
2: no i agree with and that i'm
3: not even gonna apologize for saying that
2: no no I'm, I'm with you and that's and that's coming from somebody whose family did go to the movies not every christmas or thanksgiving but you know did it from time to time um it, not only is is are we open on christmas christmas is one of the
3: busiest days of the year and people are not nice yeah. on christmas
2: no it's people like you guys
3: complain you. about the smallest stupidest thing and they were will not hesitate to, to inform you that you have ruined their christmas because they had to wait an extra 30 seconds for their popcorn like, what? you've ruined my Christmas by forcing me to work. So yeah. I don't know what your problem is.
4: yeah,
2: my uh my my thing with that is, like I said I it doesn't bother me to go to work because I the way I treat the holidays is it's just another day. Um, but, yeah, no, when people come in on the holidays, y'all y'all get fucking wild. like y'all just y'all, y'all just lose your goddamn minds, like, it's like you guys got your presents from Santa Claus and then decided, well, I don't have to worry about getting that lump of coal in my stocking. I'm going to go be a dick. Right. Um, so yeah, so if you ask me, I think everybody should get the holidays off. Uh, unfortunately, we're in the entertainment industry. So therefore, we're, we're not adhering to those same rules like everybody else is. Um, so if you ask me if I could change something about that, y'all, y'all would pay a premium and that premium would go to the staff for having to be there. That's what it would be. It would be your tickets are now an extra $5 a pop and that extra $5 doesn't go to the ticket or go to the studio. It goes to the staff working that particular auditorium or that theater. Um, so yeah, so no, we, we don't like being there. Um, no. Yeah, it just, uh,
3: yeah. I, I, and, and not Not every place offers any sort of holiday pay. No. I would like to put that out there because there's always people like, well, holiday pay, not everybody offers it. So some of us are getting paid the same amount as if it was any other day, to put up with all y'all's rude asses on yeah. holiday, giving up time with our family, and our traditions. Yeah. For you, to be rude to us.
2: Exactly. So. so no,
3: we don't like it
2: <laughs> at all. So and it's not just that day. Like we could be there on Thanksgiving and you guys still just act like, or Black or like Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, you guys want to act like dicks. Um, yeah so basically
3: the entire month of december
2: Mm -hmm. but unfortunately unfortunately that is that is the from about
3: mid-november to mid-january But now people just suck and i don't like dealing with them
2: yeah so but yeah that is that is unfortunately the trade-off that that we have to have being in an industry that we really enjoy is we have to put up with roughly two months of people just being absolute douchebags during the holiday season um you know i and i wish we would just close just on those holidays where i know maybe not even necessarily thanksgiving and christmas because i know a lot of families like to go out but there are holidays where we shouldn't be open um the biggest one to me is is fourth of july um we should all be off like uh because nobody's coming to the movies anyway and when they are well, again, you guys are acting like douchebags anyhow, so stop it. So go blow something up and, you know, lose a finger or two like a normal American. Uh, and let us have a day off. Like, Christ almighty, that's all I'm asking for. Um, right. The only time we get days off is if we're either sick or, uh, you know, if, if the weather's so bad that we can't open or can't stay open, you know. Um, and unfortunately, fortunately, that decision doesn't get made until it's almost too late. For even lot.
3: then you still get a bunch of bros and lifted trucks like i don't get why anyone no one is here yeah roads are fine
2: like yeah in your four-wheel drive the roads are fine In my you know dinky little little two-seater i might not be able to you know get going right here, knock it off so
3: i don't feel like dumping half my year's salary into a car that i only need a couple of days out of the year thanks
2: yeah so Uh, so yeah so no Josh to answer your question no we don't like working the holidays at all it's (laughs) not but it is part of the deal so you know uh, we could bitch about it but what good would it do us so
4: anyway
1: also a movie experience that I really enjoyed is when I was 13 years old and I snuck Twelve girls into the movie theater. It was one of my best performances ever. I acted like I was lost and I cried to the guy in front of the movie. I said I was in the movie and then I lost my friends and then I said I saw my friends and I, I grabbed them and took them all into the movie.
2: So this is another question that we get asked a lot all the time and not even necessarily by people on Twitter or our listeners, but just people that see that, oh, like I'll go around in my, my work jacket and they'll go, oh, you work at that theater road over there? I'm like, yeah. And they go, the question becomes, do all theater employees get to see movies for free? Or how about when you say you watch something after the theater is closed? Is that a manager only perk? So.
3: Uh, Some of this, we can speak to a generic experience. Some of this is kind of a, us only type of experience because like i I can't speak to all the policies of all the theaters for some of us so but generically i don't know of any theater theater that doesn't offer free tickets to all employees
2: right now uh yeah and i i do feel like that's that's the most common perk with every movie theater is that the employees get at least one free ticket
3: yes ours Um, get one ticket for themselves mm -hmm. and that's it yes You, you can go see as many movies as you want yeah, but you cannot use your free ticket
2: for anybody else. Right. Um, now, for us managers, we actually are required to screen our movies to make sure that uh, there are no problems with the playback on the feature. Uh, to make sure that it's actually going to run like it's supposed to. It's not... required is not the right word. Expected is probably the
3: correct word because we don't we don't screen everything.
2: They don't need to know that anyway. Um, so yeah so okay so we are expected to watch everything we don't um and now and it's probably the time for that i was gonna say it was probably far more in the realm of required back in the days of 35 millimeter because heck this like, you have you have six reels that you have to put together and you have to put yeah. them together in the right order and uh with the film facing in the right direction um uh, because god forbid you're watching <sighs> avatar and the fucking second reel is upside down
3: or a Medea movie that a dumb projectionist put together wrong, not just once, but twice in a row. I was or, not a manager for that and I did not see that, but I was present.
2: Yeah. It's not a or, fun time. Or there's Inception where the movie begins where it looks like it's in the middle or the end of the movie, and then you keep getting questioned about it. Like, no, that's that's how the movie plays. Like, <laughs> like we we put it in order. It's it's right. So um yeah. So yeah, so it, that, on that level, it is a perk uh, for the managers. Um, we, so we basically, you and I, the management staff at our theater, and I'm sure every theater, uh, gets to watch everything a little early. Mm-hmm. Uh, as long as our keys are good and ready to go and we have the time. Um, you know, if, if we don't have the time, we'll make the time and try to watch it we have a tendency because of our schedules and with you know massive changes in some of our lives uh have to sit there and go i have to arrange for you know bring the kiddo up or or whatever but we have to arrange times where we can actually watch a movie that we want to see together uh, and may not get to watch it before it actually releases so i hope that answers that question for you guys because i know that's a big one um but no if we if we like if we
3: just decided tonight Mm -hmm. Uh, today's thursday things are premiering tonight Mm -hmm. if we decided not even a new movie if we just wanted to watch a movie tonight i still haven't seen the 355 and i know it's getting terrible views but i still want to see it if i just decided i wanted to watch it and i didn't want to go to a public show i could go up tonight after close let myself in start it watch it by myself yep i'm entitled to do that yep because i'm a manager Cool. no one else can do that
2: cool thing about having keys to the building so um, and and generally with our boss he's he's usually pretty cool with it we either just need to let him know or or just say yeah this is what we're doing so as long as we're
3: not being ex- excessive about it because yeah. we have to use the bulb to do that and those bulbs are expensive
2: yeah and that, that is- and we are only
3: good for so many hours so it's not like we're going in there every single night every single day watching something that's that, that'd be a huge strain on bulb hours but every couple of weeks there's something new we really want to see yeah we'll screen it hmm
0: hey kyle and trisha it's garrett from the ever trending story podcast just wanting to congratulate you on your 100th episode such an awesome milestone to hit um you guys have been awesome uh, as far as like your show goes it's always entertaining to listen to you and hear all your crazy stories and really makes me thankful that i am not dealing with customer service anymore i do just have one question for you just to kind of throw it out there and just kind of have some fun with it. Um, How much popcorn do you think gets wasted between it being dropped while people are watching movies and people just throwing their buckets away when the movie's over? Let me know what you guys think. And once again, congrats on the 100 episodes. And I look forward to hearing 100 more.
4: Okay, thank you, Garrett, for that question. Um,
0: Jesus.
2: What? <laughs> how? M- <laughs> uh, if I had to guesstimate an individual kernels, I'm just going to say a metric fuck ton. Um, second
3: time.
2: I would say, like, as far as just what winds up on the floor, left in a bucket. I like, mean,
3: obviously it depends on how busy we are, but, like, so much. Because we sweep up. So much just in the lobby. Yeah. Let alone you start adding in the popcorn that that our floor crew sweeps up when they go clean the movie, and then to factor in the popcorn that gets thrown away. Yeah. I've gone into clean shows and picked up large bags that are like three-fourths full.
2: Right. Um... I'm gonna say I'm gonna go on the low side. I'm gonna say at least one popcorn seed bag a day at minimum goes to waste, if not more. Um, yeah. And that's what a thirty-five pound bag. Something like that. You know, let's let's go a little higher. I'm gonna say no fewer than than. Yeah, no. I think I think a bag a day is about right. So thirty-five pounds. I
3: think it averages out to that because there's the slow days. We don't probably we don't waste that much. But... No busy days yeah more than that so it probably
2: averages out to about that yeah
3: so about uh, a... but on like a spider-man weekend oh at least two to three of those
2: 35 oh if bags. I, i'm gonna go ahead and say probably six or more just depending uh yeah god that's a good question yeah i hadn't really thought about that honestly um yeah i yeah i think a, a, a 35 pound bag of seed a day mm-hmm. uh and that's just for our location that's yeah. not that's not even factoring in uh you know these high volume major city locations where yeah you know
3: I mean we're a 16 screen but we have a 20 screen in our or an 18 screen in our company and I know mm-hmm. that there's outside of our company there's a 20 screen not too far from us and there's
2: mm-hmm. a 28 over on the other side and then Isn't
3: there a there's... Thirty screens somewhere in the metro.
2: Uh, it, well, that was the twenty-eight. So, uh, so they, yeah, they actually eight? shut okay. down two of those auditoriums for storage space. <laughs> is uh, <laughs> what I learned. Uh, but yeah, no. When you when you factor in all that,
3: think about a building that has almost twice as many theaters as we do. Yeah, and the amount of popcorn they must go through.
2: Yeah. So, although every time I go to that location, it's not not near well not nearly as busy as I I've seen it before. But you know, and that's without COVID. So yeah. Because uh, they don't even, that location has two popcorn stands on either side.
3: You also have to worry wonder about the locations that are in much more affluent neighborhoods. Oh, yeah. Because think about the people that complain about our prices and refuse, like they, they pare down what they order. Mm-hmm. Some of these places and, and you know, richer areas. Yeah. They it, it, it could be buying more mm-hmm. just because they don't care about price. And potentially wasting more because they don't care about the value of what they're purchasing Right.
2: As much. And then factor in refills. Because
3: we have people that are like, oh, I'm taking it home because I paid so much for this. I'm getting my money's worth. So I'm yeah. taking it home. And we're like, okay, cool, yeah.
4: Yeah, here. Or they come
3: and get a refill on the way out the door. Like, I get a free refill, so I'm going to take this entire bag home.
2: Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Wow. Good Good job, Garrett. Like, you really <laughs> you really scrambled our brain on that one. I'm I'm sitting there going, ah, oh, that's a... Watch so just just a lot like you can you could feed a small army yes. with uh, with what we lose on a regular basis so Definitely. yeah that's mm, yeah that's a lot
1: hey so this is alex robertson Kyle asked me to send in my favorite movie-going experience and I gotta say it was hard to choose because so much of my life has revolved around going to the movies. Um, I'd say probably one of my favorite movie-going experiences was when I went in, I guess it was high school, to go see Hot Fuzz and I knew absolutely nothing about the movie. I... I had never seen Shaun of the Dead. I didn't know who Edgar Wright was or anything like that. And um, I went in with my then-boyfriend. And first of all, we happened to run into Kyle, which was awesome. Sat in the same row with them on accident, him and his friends. And so that was fun. And then um, ended up watching what became pretty much my favorite movie ever at that moment. And uh, it changed everything i fell in love with edgar wright and all of the editing styles that he uses and it kind of pushed me towards becoming a video editor myself and um that's pretty much my favorite movie and then i also have to say i met my husband uh at the movie theater kyle and i used to go do wednesday night movie night every night uh a long time ago we would go after hours when he worked at the movie theater and go watch movies that hadn't been seen yet it was awesome some of the best times of my life were Wednesday night movie night just us in the theater and uh it started as just me and Kyle and then it kind of grew to become Austin too after I, I met him <clears throat> and then other friends as well but I met Austin there and uh we took our engagement pictures there at that same movie theater. So some of the best times of my life have been in the movie theater. I guess also I'll add this in film school, we we got to see a lot of movies in the theater that were old movies, old classic movies. And so that was a great time too. So, All
2: right, Trisha. So this is the final question. Throughout the show, we've been playing our... Our friend's uh, favorite movie memories, uh, movie going memories. Somebody did ask us, actually, I'm gonna go ahead and give Josh his credit on this one. Uh, he asked for the best, which I was already planning to do, and we'll do that. But he also asked for our worst theatrical experiences for ourselves. Um, I am hard pressed to pick the worst theater. No, no, no. I, actually, you were there for the one that I think was the worst, and it wasn't even the movie itself. Um, it was just the dumbasses sitting behind us. Chapter, the, two? chapter two. yes. Um, yeah, I've never really had like a really bad movie theater going. I don't out.
3: think I have either.
2: Um, not one that's so egregious that I'm like, oh my God. yeah. it's boring. usually minor
3: stuff yeah. or stuff that doesn't bother me that much. Like I remember when I was in college, uh, one of my good friends and I had a tradition that every finals week we would pick a time and go see a movie because it was just it was a stressful week so we both love movies so we just thought we we rarely went to I didn't really go to movies when I was in college I didn't really have time or money uh because I went to college two hours away
4: mm-hmm. from my
3: theater and we didn't have a location anywhere near um and I remember there was one time we went it wasn't unusual for us to be the only ones in there because usually it was like a weekday afternoon yeah it was just whatever day we didn't have finals going on and I couldn't tell you what movie it was I don't remember but I remember we were the only ones in there um we sat down we were waiting for the movie to start and then all of a sudden a manager comes in they were having an issue with uh the the curtain and then like it it wasn't going to adjust properly and so he told us and like gave us a free pass to come back yeah like it, it didn't affect really the presentation that much but okay thanks yeah whatever um but no i i can't think of anything that's was really all that bad. Half the time it's funny. Like I remember going to watch um, uh, My Bloody Valentine in 3D when 3D was still like popular. And I remember sitting there and there's a scene in the movie where uh, one of the characters comes out like onto his porch. He hears something outside, he walks out of the porch and he like has a shotgun in his hand and he like pans it across the yard. And the camera, it's facing the camera when it pans across, and I there's two like teenage girls in the front row that screamed and ducked when it went past them, and we thought it was funny. But like that, that wasn't that annoying. We yeah. just thought it was funny.
2: I I do remember that that was funny. Um, yeah. When it comes to like I said, the work... once
3: or twice of someone either vaping or being on their phone in a theater, which is yeah. annoying, but like not like yeah. in the world.
2: Right. Uh, I. I went to see Casino Royale down in Springfield uh, or no, no, it wasn't Casino. Well, I did see it there too, but uh, at the, the secondhand theater, it was the departed. Somebody got very upset. These two teenage girls behind me got very upset that they killed off DiCaprio the way that they did. Cause he took a headshot in an elevator and it was great. And they just started like crying, like, oh my God, I can't believe they killed Leo. And I'm like, bitch, he ain't in Titanic no more. (laughs) Anyway, um, not that that was the worst, but the worst, yeah, the worst experience I think I've had when we've, when we've gone to see a movie is it chapter two, we decided to watch it with the public, like the numskulls that we are, uh, because there was a reason though, like we couldn't I, th- I think we, we worked opposite schedules and we couldn't find
3: a night where one of us didn't open the it next was, day. It wasn't
2: just that. It was because uh, they were doing the Birds of Prey trailer uh, before the movie, and the way that it was set up was supposed to be tied into it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, like that a was a pain bar. in the ass to do. Yeah, and we wanted to see how people would react to the fake out on it, and they did. Yeah. And so that was they disappointing. No. But, no. The, but but what made it a bad experience, bad experience, I'm using that term very loosely, uh, is we had some chuckle and i've told the story on the show before but we had some chuckle fucks sitting behind us that uh one of them kept making these really stupid jokes and getting all his buddies laughing and i finally had to just whip around and just i said out loud shut the fuck up <laughs> and man Trish, you were there you saw they were quiet <laughs> after that yep so um uh, so yeah that might be the worst if you ask me the worst movie I've seen in theaters, it's probably Ghostbusters 2016 or when we watched that damn uh, Death Rider movie that we talked about on the show last year. Oh God, my gosh, yes. I'd to watch that with an audience, but still. Um, all right, so your favorite theatrical movie-going experience memory. I have a bunch over the years, but that's because my grandmother used to take me all the time, all that. Actually, hold on. I do have my worst one. My worst one comes when I'm five. I'm sorry. I, I just remembered it. Because I told you this story the other day. Everybody knows. I like Jurassic Park a lot. Like, it's, it's one of my favorites. Like, now. That movie came out when I was five in, 19, in the summer of 93, Trisha. Uh, mm-hmm. My grandmother took me to see it, but we showed up late. And showed up late. Like, we got tickets and we went in. And we went into the theater. It was the moment where the T-Rex has gotten out of the pen and is just he's already eating the dude on the shitter like and it's a scary scene especially for a five-year-old i had no no time to build up to that and that made me not want to go see the rest of the movie like i my grandmother walked me out i was crying like <laughs> you know oh yeah i'm fine it, it's different then you know it was a scary it's a scary yeah. place. and what's a generally fun movie so, but yeah, not to have that transition. That, that's my, my worst theatrical experience. <laughs> notice, notice that these problems though are not on the th- fault of the theater themselves or the employees. Yeah. So, all right. So Tricia, your favorite movie going memory.
3: I have a lot of good ones, but mm-hmm. I think I got to go with when we screened Endgame.
4: Oh yeah. There
3: was a, not a lot of us, but there's probably what, seven or eight of us? That all got together to watch that. And since it was a screening, we got to react honestly.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And especially, like, that moment where you see Mjolnir race back into Cap's hands. Like, I remember Humphrey just standing up and just being like,
4: yeah!
3: Like, screaming. Oh, we were all... we were all going nuts. And it was just, it
2: was, it was great. Because we were going nuts pretty much that entire movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
4: absolutely.
2: Um Mine mine is a ways further back uh we went to I need to,
3: st- I, I need to reiterate that we didn't go to movies when i was a kid we didn't have the money to go to movies as a kid too big of a family like i didn't
2: regularly, yeah. regularly go into the theater till i was about 13. my favorite movie going memory god there's there's just so many um, the one i always come back to is when the dark knight came out and mm. uh my best friend ryan and i went to see it at a 3 a.m show at the AMC AMC Studio 28 now in Olathe Candles. um <laughs> We went to see it there in IMAX at 3 a.m. and we we're all excited, but we're sitting there we're watching the movie, and it gets to that moment where the Joker does his magic trick and slams that dude's head into the pencil and kills him. Um, at that moment, like we're all kind of chuckling, like what's what's he gonna do? What's he gonna do? Mm-hmm. And then he does that. He kills the dude with a pencil. And we all just, like, the entire auditorium just gasped. Like, all the room, or, all the air was taken out of the room, just in that one Just, <gasps> and then we all just started nervously chuckling. <laughs> like, we just, like, <laughs>
4: like, oh, shit. Like,
2: had that happened? Like, uh, you know, like, are we, is it okay? To, like, is, I know it's supposed to be funny, but it feels like it shouldn't be funny um and that's when we knew that we were in for a ride with this film and yep. it's still it's still great and like there's that there's obviously there's any of the times i went with like my grandmother to see movie like men in black or uh, i still
3: remember watching um captain america the winter soldier yeah and we, we screened it after hours you weren't you weren't there I you was. weren't working there at that time but one of the other managers was sitting there, and not at one point she was like, "I, I, 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 I got to pee, I got to pee, I can't put it off anymore." So she went like sprinting out of the theater to go pee. While she was gone, we find out that Fury is still alive. So she comes running back in, going, "What I miss? What I miss?" And like all of us are like, "Fury's alive!" Like she's like, "No, nah, I missed it!" Like,
2: is he alive, one. or is he actually a a, a scroll?
3: well we didn't know what those were at the time so
2: (laughs) but it's something that you get to look back on now and wonder right it's true yeah um another i'm sorry i'm thinking of other ones too another one of my favorites uh my granddad my granddad never goes to movies right Mm -hmm. but uh with it's it's winter of 1999 like fall winter and it's the world is not enough is coming out and so now, now I am well, I am learned about Bond movies. And now I know this is the next one in the whole series. And like, I'm all caught up in everything. And so uh, my granddad opted to go ahead and take me. So we went to the theater in Martinsburg, West Virginia, uh, to go see it. And afterwards we had Cracker Barrel afterwards. But it was just so cool to get to see my first Bond movie with my granddad. And it's, just, it's, nothing really stands out about that trip, except that I got to do it with him. Because yeah. he never goes to the movies, and he's still around. It's it's not like he's he's dead and gone. So I get still get to talk about that. He still refers to James Bond as Double Knot uh, every time that it comes up. It's like, oh, how's what's old Double Knot up to these days? You know, so um, yeah. But it's just it, like I said, it, it's it's a minor memory. It's not as detailed as the Dark Knight one, obviously. But it's one of those like yeah. I'll always cherish that, mm-hmm. uh, just because you know it, it was it was a cool moment. So yeah. And I do have one more funny one, and then we're going to get out on this note. Uh, the Santa Claus too. The movie itself is just kind of unremarkable. It's, it's fine. It's a Disney sequel. But Thanksgiving that year, uh, we went to Kentucky. And so my uncle's in town. My grandparents are there. We're, we all go to the movies together. So we have a big family outing. And So we go to my favorite theater there in Frankfort, Kentucky. And at this theater, I don't know if they still do it or not, but as part of their pre-show, they used to have this little clip that would play basically telling you not to talk during the movies. And yeah. so anyway, so when it pops up, it's a sunset. And so the guy on the audio says, you know, oh, I love sunsets. And his partner, or whoever is telling him, hey, be quiet, maybe started blah, blah, blah. Soon, and of course, we all know this because we've been to the theater a million times. Soon as the fucking sunset pops up on screen, my uncle Yells out in this ridiculous voice, "I love sunsets." We all lost our damn minds. We are laughing so hard. But then there's a family that's in front of us. They move further down in front of us to get away from us. And Honestly, it was going, probably a good choice on their part. A great choice on their part. And we didn't act up the rest of the movie, but it was that one moment where we were just dying laughing. Oh. You just triggered a memory. Oh, did I? For for a
3: not-so-great experience. It was the first time I ever met your dad. Oh, God. Star Trek? Star Trek. We, yep. I don't even know, remember specific details. I just remember, this was back in the day when midnight shows were the standard. You yep. saw it at midnight for big movies. But Star Trek, they randomly decided to do, like, 7 o'clock shows, which was a big deal. Yeah. And we we went... Where did we go? Was it the AMC and Olathe? Yes, or Overland Park, one yeah. of the two. It was like probably Olathe.
4: Yeah, it was Olathe. We
3: went out there, and I, I don't, I hadn't known you that long, but, but there was there was a decent group of us, and your dad joined, and somehow I ended up in the theater sitting between you and your dad. Yes, and it just, I was uncomfortable the entire time.
2: I'm sorry. I, I apologize. I know how he is. Okay. He just and kept asking
3: me questions and he's yeah. kind of a close talker at times. And I just, the whole time was just like, no, 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 no.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dan, if you're listening, it nothing to get, <laughs> you just, you can make things awkward from time to time. So, all right guys that's gonna do it for us on this big 100th episode thank you to everybody that submitted memories like we appreciate you guys thank you for listening um we'll be back uh so this trisha uh hold on we have to do a quick little toast uh, because this is my drunk movie theater and if i don't have a glass in hand uh, we would be lying about the content of our show. So just a little bit before I go get my tattoo, Trisha, I
3: already finished my room, but it, I have an t- empty glass. What?
2: To our first hundred episodes, may we do another hundred, and may we uh, may we just have as much fun as we've been having. So, cheer yep. to you. Cheers. So from all of us here at my drunk movie theater, yes, I know the show's <laughs> over. We're ending it. From all of us here at My Drunk Movie Theater, I'm Kyle Sutton. I'm Trisha Campbell. And be nice to your damn movie staff. And we don't negotiate with dumb fucks (laughs) either.